how are we going to help save the congregation? I do it for my brothers. I don't want to have to preach. I don't want to have to get up here. Someone got to tell the truth, man. Somebody got to give the word. Like and share to be saved. If you don't like and share this TikTok video, the blood doesn't cover you. <laughs> That's what I'll be honest. I have the Bible app on my phone, and every once in a while they'll be like, "Greatest, do you love the Bible?" Like, wow, you're trying to you're really trying to get us, huh? Okay. I mean, I mean, what if we say what if we what if we say one star? What does that mean? Yeah, you don't because love. because if you think about it, they have about forty five translations on there. So I mean, it ain't. I mean, what what you, what could you be mad about? Welcome back to the Kingdom Vision Podcast. I'm here, as always, with my cousin Cole. What's up, y'all? Uh, hey, and if you are watching this, let let's get some feedback on the video quality. I mean, I it's my impression that this is probably the best picture quality we've ever had. Yeah, that's that's my guess. Comment if you like the um, any other episodes or any what. Just just give us some feedback. That's what we. That's um, yeah. Put a lot of put a lot of put a lot of effort yes. into it. So we need to get a little feedback. Yeah, let us know. Let us know what you like. If you like, uh, I mean, personally, I think my phone camera was Bro, the best. I'm not even joking. I don't know if I've told you this. I've mentioned it a couple times, but if you look up budget cameras in 2020, like if you're trying to buy a camera, it's like Sony A7III, something blah blah blah. Number five on there is the iPhone 12. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't I mean, think the iPhone seven's on there, though. But uh, I, don't, I don't know about that one. So, yeah, that um, it, it was it was definitely it was definitely hurting us. It was definitely hurting the quality for there for a while. Oh, you were. Oh, I forgot about that. You were videoing on your phone. Yeah, for a while. I was videoing on my phone for a long time. That is tough. Yeah, that is tough. <laughs> and dad gum. I mean, I, I would say the Squadcast video is probably. I don't know which one's better. I mean, Squadcast would be easier to use, yeah. but I mean, I think the iPhone Seven would be a little bit higher quality. Yeah, just just a hair, but. Uh, you but ready? Mama, we made it. Yeah, Mama, we made it. Now, now we're good. Two cameras, up, whatever. But you ready to kick us off on yeah. the on the command? Yeah, for sure. We're doing commands of Christ number seven today. Uh, prayer, right? Yes. We love us some prayer. It's how we communicate with our Lord and Savior, um, our God, right? Um. The command is Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Um, it goes like this. And when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our, de- and forgive us our debts. And we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um... It's kind of, <laughs> I literally almost looked away from the page just kind of sh- to show off. But literally every day before our football games, sports, like in high school, we would pray that as a team. Our Father, our Lord in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then the goosebumps kick in, you get a motivational speech, and you run on the football field. But like that's, we just prayed that 
Literally before every single game, we prayed it. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But we'll get into what this means, you know, how this goes into our... It's really... And I want to say this before we read the story, but it's really not... Jesus isn't telling us to pray this. It, uh, it's not bad to pray this, but what it is is it's a model prayer. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's teaching So us. it's not... I would actually say if this is the only thing you're praying, you're probably not praying right. Yeah. I would I want to say not right, but like this is not something to to be repeated. Yeah, to be no. on repetition. It, it which I think it's it has its time and place if you yes. want it. Um cuz obviously it's good for teaching and good for showing people um what they should do when they pray, but I would have to agree it's certainly doesn't need to be your every every prayer to God, but if that's where you want to start out at, that's yes. great. I would like to encourage y'all, if you've never stepped outside of these memorization verses, I would encourage you to step out. Yes. And we'll kind of help you throughout this episode. Yeah. But. All right. So, and I'm reading Matthew 6, 5 through 15. So yes, we will be covering the 9 through 13 again. Um, but this is the story. So it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Nice and tidy right there, right? Um, what do we learn about God here? This is majority about people and about us, how we should pray. But what I have written down, what do we learn about God? First is the first verse of the prayer, which I told you like this is a model prayer. It says, Our Father hallowed be your name right there what does hallowed mean like if we truly like i I personally overlooked a lot of the stuff you know you memorize it you don't really realize the power but hallowed be your name means great is your name Mm, praise your name right Mm -hmm. so if you look at you know every single prayer like prayer in general what is prayer you're either doing two things you're either asking or you're praising yeah those are the only two options you have yeah i mean what else like you can't it's not what else can you pray other than asking or praising, right? So that's mm-hmm. what the first sentence of Jesus telling us. He says, great is your name. So that's the first thing I noticed. Um, Brayden, I don't know if you want. I, I, yeah. just, I could continue. I'll be honest. Spit, like the, the, the first thing I noticed was actually the last verse. Um, so it says, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. That's tough. Uh it says it plainly right here. If you are not willing to forgive others, then God can't forgive you. So I think that he's by him reiterating that he's saying that, you know, we should really be forgiving others in our prayers. We should really be uh, saying those type of things in our prayers to make sure we get them out to God. 
And uh, so he can help us. Obviously, we cannot do anything on our own strength. We certainly can't forgive on our own strength. But whenever we allow ourselves and we, we go to God with this, then he will show his grace that he has for those people and he'll allow us to have those grace for his grace for those people yeah, as well. You look at commands. A lot of this is like command and story. There's two commands to follow specifically from this verse. First would be, like you said, to forgive. Jesus commands us to forgive to the point where it's like, it's mandatory. Like then you're, then he will not forgive us our sins if we don't forgive. So, um, and why would you not forgive first off? Because how great is the sacrifice Jesus paid for us yeah. to forgive us? So then why would you not forgive that's a basic kind of gospel principle. But the second command is to pray. So there's two commands mm-hmm. to follow. First, you need to pray. It's a command yeah. to pray because when you're praying, prayer is reliance on God. Yeah. Like, what I, what did I just say? Mm-hmm. Two. There's two ways to pray. It's um, yeah. hallowed be your name or you're asking. It's praising or asking. So when you're praising, you're praising a name above yourself. When you're asking... You're saying, I can't do something. I'm not sufficient. So then you're asking God to work in your life that is Mm -hmm. outside of your own capabilities. So either way, you're reliant on God, whether you're praising or asking. Yeah, and I'd like to point out that for me personally, I've seen in my own prayer life that whenever I'm struggling with a person and I haven't forgiven them, that it lingers into my prayer life with God. And I bring that into the prayer, um, which that's a good thing in a sense, but if you're going and you're just complaining about this person to God, you know, this is what he's showing you that, you know, you are probably going to struggle in your prayer life. If every time you're going to God, you have unforgiveness towards your brother. And obviously the best way to to do that is to talk to God about it, but you need to adjust your heart and forgiveness so that you can, you can really talk to God. I feel like, and I've seen that in my own life, whenever I have unforgiveness towards people, then I go to God and I'm complaining about those people to God instead of trying to forgive those people when I speak to God. Yeah, and I don't know where it says it, but it says if you have a quarrel with somebody, do not let the sun set before you settle that mm. quarrel, quarrel yeah. whatever. So don't, like, if you have trauma, linger. if you if you are need to apologize, if you need to forgive somebody, don't let the sun set before you do it because we know time is not, um, we don't have all the time in the world, so... Um, one of the things that I noticed too is just specifically about God is how he says to pray. First I said, hallowed be your name. But then he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. I've prayed this prayer uh, a thousand times, maybe more in my whole lifetime. How many times do I say your kingdom come, but really I want to do my kingdom come. I got this from a sermon from JD Greer. I was watching it. You know, he's, he's talking about ministry, um, talking about people going and becoming pastors going to the mission field doing all these things right and you're like i want to your kingdom come right i want to do your will to glorify your name but Mm -hmm. how many times do we masquerade that like okay god i want to see a revival we're talking about revival today a revival in my city Mm -hmm. but i want to be a part of it okay so what if god wants to have a revival in your city and wants to do something anything you're praying for but leave you out of it do you still want that I mean, a lot of the, I can so I'll I will openly say that a lot of times. No, I want to be a part of it because it's it's what you're praying for. You want to you want to get w- what you earn through your prayer. Yes, mm-hmm. and naturally that self-seeking, like I want my kingdom come. So it's it's a lot of uh, motivational. Like you gotta analyze your motivations. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd uh, I'd also like to point out that uh, I don't see what verse this is, but um, it's just saying that. Uh, your father 
he already knows what you're going to ask him. Yeah, it says mm. in, in verse 8, Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So he knows everything you need. Um, so you need to adjust your heart accordingly. You know, yeah, that's he's not telling you he sometimes knows what you what you need. He like that will change your prayer a lot um, because you're not going to be presenting to God what you think you need anymore. Once you realize he knows what you need, uh, you'll spend a lot more time being thankful to him and wanting his will to be done and a lot less time uh, telling him what you think is your needs. Um, and which is okay if you do sometimes, but it, it's also this knowing that he already knows what you need and you'd rather so many times my, the answers to prayers, and you've heard this a lot, but so many times the answers to prayers are not in your mindset of like, you wouldn't even think that that was what you needed in that time. And this is what God had. And it relieved it so much better than what you, what you would have planned had, had, had been an answer and the way that you had seen it or the way that you had planned it, that it would not ha- have been fixed as nice as when God did it. Um, a kind of practical way to look at that is um, I encourage you all to go look at how Matt, Matt Chandler is a pastor in Dallas. Um, he actually had you know, a seizure um, or maybe a stroke and had a brain tumor, right? Um, and go look at what he said, how he prayed for healing, right? He talks about... Um, how can I pray? Um, you can you can look at any example you want. Me and Brayden, you know, one of our family members is going through some things, right? So how can we adequately pray without doubting God, but then also know that if God does not heal, whatever certain circumstance it is, that he is still God, right? Because mm-hmm. our faith isn't dependent on that. And what it is, is if you can pray wholeheartedly in knowing with the expectation that God will heal this person, but if he doesn't heal, it's not like, Oh, but God's still good. Like, like I'm sad, but God's still good. Yeah, it's sad, but with this expectation that God has something better, like his will is for our life is better than what we expect. So if that person dies, that is better, which is hard to understand because think about, just think about heaven. If you're praying for someone to heal and they don't get healed, where are they at? Mm. Heaven, Mm -hmm. right? So just know the main idea is like when you're praying for things specifically healing you you got to know if he doesn't do it he has something better and that may not be better we talk about all the time not maybe not worldly better maybe not financially better right this prosperity idea but his will is better and what he has in store for us is ultimately what will come to pass absolutely so uh, yeah yeah and and really regardless um his will is going to be done and so much better it's it's so much better to bend your knee to his original will and uh what what you feel like he's he's saying to you if you really bend your knee to him uh i think you will live a lot more peaceful and his will is going to be done regardless um so it, it, you'll have a lot easier time adjusting your heart to what he's doing um and a lot of times understanding more once you, whenever you adjust your heart you understand god's ideas a lot more when you're not being selfish. And I like what you say, because if he says in verse 8, he knows what we need. How relieving is that when we read it? Mm-hmm. Like, we stress, like, God help, but, like, he knows. Like, this yeah. is like, I know. Mm-hmm. I know my child, right? But what do we learn about people? Specifically, what do we learn? Like, what can we practically take from this, from this is how do we pray? I told you this is a model prayer. Um, and like I said, it's either asking or praising. You're asking for something. If you look at Philippians 
Um, you know what? I'm not going to go there yet. We're going to go to Philippians in a minute. Um, Philippians 4, 6, by prayer, petition. It's very yeah. common. Like, it's actually, I think it's in my house. Or I saw it in the, it's, it's here in the fun house. Okay. The, the verse, it says Philippians 4, 6. It's a very common verse, popular verse. But we really got to analyze it. But if you look at um, people, verse 6, it says, how do we pray? First off, don't be like the hypocrites in verse 5. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will, will reward you. So we are to pray. I mean, you look at the context. Religious leaders literally would go like the Pharisees would go and just pray. And the Chosen depicts this kind of well too. He would, They would go and just start reciting these big words. But we know that their heart was not for the love of God. Their heart was for working their way to heaven. So when you go to your father in private, mm-hmm. it is an act of worship that like, and it's very easy to fall into the idea yeah. of like, let me, let me put on a show, but like clout, let me, like, I want people to see me praying. I want to look like this righteous person. Right. But no, whereas there are situations where you are called to pray in public, be a pray, be a leader um, and do those things. Most of the time we pray is on our own, on our, you know, in, not necessarily in our closet, right? Sometimes in our closet, but on your own, going to the Lord um, in secret, seeking that relationship on your own. And then, you know, there's, there's, I mean, you pray, in, I pray in public a lot, but yeah. I would say majority of the time I talk to God is on my own. Yeah. And I see that um, it says that he will reward that those who seek him in the secret place. Um, there's just something special about that. For me, my prayer life's changed a lot. I've uh, spent a lot of time just uh, letting God know how good he is. A lot of time um, in the secret place by myself. And uh, it's really changed. It's changed the way I'm walking with him um, a lot because I'm seeing a lot less uh, need to to be fulfilled by other things a lot less need to be um what would it be called just um affirmed i i'm seeing a lot less less to be affirmed by my prayers need need to be affirmed by what they're saying uh what people say about me and my walk with christ um because in that in that quiet place is when you get your affirmation from him and uh you know by a lot of time it's it's losing yourself letting go of yourself and affirming what he's done and then he affirms you because he's already done it like let's be honest there's been times in my life when i'm praying in my room and it feels like the prayers are bouncing off the walls right Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm praying to nothing but what prayer is is you are talking to the creator of the universe you are in perfect relationship with the person who made you in your mother's womb who spoke it the world into existence with his words right when you truly grasp that your affirmation, just like Braden was saying, you no longer are consumed with being affirmed by opinions, by empty words of praise. Like that's what uh, I think Grace in the Garden says. All the praise in the world by people means nothing, but you are affirmed by your relationship with Christ, which mm-hmm. is like, because I, I just want to encourage, I've been there when it, you don't know if God's real. You don't, you just feel like your prayers are bouncing off the walls. You're praying to nothing, but he hears you and he knows you. And he wants a relationship with you if you don't if you don't already have one. But he does hear you. And mm-hmm. in verse eight, it says he already not only does he hear you, he already knows yeah. you. 
Yeah, and, and I felt like uh, this was something that God was showing me this morning. It's not our struggles that ensnare us. It's our ideas about our struggles that ensnare us. So it's, it's how you react and your thoughts about Christ that oftentimes are, are really what is affecting our hearts. So whenever you, you're dealing with a struggle, if you respond in the correct way, you're, not, you're really not going to be affected by that struggle. But whenever we sp- respond in the incorrect way and we question God and we doubt God, then that's where it's going to creep into, to, you know, kind of a uh, poor me, a victim mindset. And uh, he really affirmed that in me and, and um, how I'm dealing with my struggles has changed a lot because of that. Because I see that it's not, it's not as much what's going on. It's about how, how I deal with what's going on and how, um, how I can go to Christ with what's going on. Now you look at peace through the Spirit, peace comes when you are completely walking in trust with the Father. Mm-hmm. You believe this, and you got to understand James, somewhere in James it says like there's a mirror and there's us. No one goes around and sees what they see in the mirror, which highlights our iniquities, highlights our sin, and then just walks away. Like when they, like you have lettuce in your tooth, you're not going to walk away and not get the lettuce. Same thing with our sin, right? But it's referring to like doing the Word, like living out the Word. You got to understand that no one can do it perfectly. No. It's impossible. Mm-mm. But the idea is that when you're walking in trust, you're walking in relationship, prayer is one of the main, I would say, driving forces of that because through prayer, you're walking in trust, you're walking in reliance, and through prayer shows that is is when I believe the word, when I'm truly like, man, like, yes, 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 it results in me praying more and more. Mm-hmm. It results like, man, God, this is so true. And then you start praying more, then you start walking in more obedience. But then the prayer part is the actual, I was, I, I don't I don't know if this is right. This is just what I'm visioning right now. It's like the connecting dots. It's like you're reading the word and your your actions. Prayer like binds it together because yeah. it's, it's your um, reliance and your communication with the Father. I, I would say it's your, you trying to seek not your own strength in doing things. Because yeah. how many times do we pray yeah. like, God, like, okay, I have a, sh- a hard test. Mm-hmm. Instead of me not praying and trying to do it on my own, I'm God, give me the strength to do X, Y, Z. Give me the strength. So yes. between actions and reading, prayer is the, the act of reliance on God mm-hmm. through the actions. Absolutely. And uh, I see that uh, for me, that when I go into my prayer life, it's like God just shedding his spotlight, like you're saying, looking in the mirror. It's like God shedding his spotlight and convicting my heart whenever I go to him in a willingness to his will, because there, we're always going to make mistakes and we're always going to be struggling with something. But if you have an openness to his will, he will convict you of these things that are in your heart that are incorrect. Uh, and I've been seeing that so much more lately with, with more being entrenched in his will and less in mind. Um, uh, so much deeper, so much more conviction comes um, because you're more prepared for it because you're saying this, God, I want your will. And whenever he brings that new conviction, you don't feel like, you don't feel like condemned because it comes from Christ instead of your ideas of it like and, and these, and these other things, Hebrews, whatever, how much more? Oh my gosh. I think it says it right here. Um, okay. Go to Luke, uh, Luke 11. It actually says exactly what you just said, I think, or a form of it, but I'm thinking Hebrews, um, somewhere in Hebrews it says, okay, so how much more do we respect our, hev- our, our earthly fathers 
for disciplining us. Okay, your dad grounds you because you misbehave. We respect that decision. So how much more do we respect our Heavenly Father, God, who convicts us and shows us of our iniquities, right? So it shows that level of respect, authority that God has. But if you look, 11, Luke 11, verse 5 through 13. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will tell you, Ask, oh my gosh, I just skipped a line. I cannot get up, I'm sorry, verse 8. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If then, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, how much, I like the last verse, it says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, mm -hmm. if I know how to show love to Brayden, man, I'm going to buy you coffee today. But mm -hmm. I'm an evil, I'm a sinner. How much more is our perfect God willing to like, like in that, how do we access that? Through prayer. Yes. By seeking him. You can't seek him without like seeking him, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, your prayer is seeking him. And um, once God becomes the thing that you want once you once god's will becomes the things that you want he will spotlight in his life the things that aren't like him um and it's that simple that you will not just where you look in the mirror but god will be looking back at you in the mirror and, and just shining a light on on your iniquities so philippians 4 verse 6 to 7 it says do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god so, if you look at this, this is how we, it says, so I'll back up to verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonable, reasonableness, oh my gosh, reasonableness, be known to everyone. <laughs> the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, what did I say before? What is prayer? Asking or praising. So if you look at asking, it says through petition. Or I'm sorry, by prayer and supplication, right? What is supplication? I looked the definition up yesterday. Supplication is eagerly, earnestly, humbly asking for something, right? So you look, man, Braden, like I, I really want a coffee right now. Then you can go get it for me, bro. Like, please go get me. No, like, like. I can't even I can't even illustrate it with like my acting, but you can just picture like earnestly like God help me, God, but also humbly not like not like you are um what's that word? Entitled. Entitled. Entitled for something, but you are earnestly seeking after. So that that is what Philippians four six means. Mm -hmm. And then it says like your request be made known to God. Like I said, you ask for things, and then the peace of God where it surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So how many times do we pray or we're anxious or we're 
struggling with something and we pray, we give it up to God. It's an act of like, okay, I trust you. I'm stressing. I don't know if I can do it, but I, I pray, make my request known to God. And then all of a sudden you feel peaceful. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm trusting in Jesus. But a lot of times, I don't know about you, but when you're, you can pray something and then you're still anxious. Mm-hmm. Why is that? It's like, it's like, Brayden, Brayden, help me with this. Help me with this. And I continue to fight it on my own. How can I ask God to help me with something and then continue to mm-hmm. fight? When you, when you pray, you're saying, I trust you and I'm leaving it up to you. Mm-hmm. So stop wor- working and fighting to do it on your own if you're truly going to give it up. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, that's great. Yeah. I, I see that with my own life where, you know, a lot of these things I'll, um, I'll ask for, for help with, and then I'm really seeking the answer on my own in addition to, instead of waiting for, for God to show me what I need to do. But also it's important to note that there's certain things, um, that it's the way in which you're approaching God through your prayer that can also create anxiety. I've had that myself where I would I would actually have the wrong kind of fear in going to Christ because I felt like something wasn't being answered, wasn't being this, wasn't being that. And that is shows the importance of you going to God and saying your will be done because that is really that's such a peace giver to me like saying okay God, you know, he knows my request, he knows what I need your will be done. And that can really, you know, you can really sidetrack yourself in going through your list of things. And a lot of times the main track that you need to get on is really just saying, all right, God, your will be done. Please, please. I don't want my will. Show me the things that I'm incorrectly doing. I want your will for my life. I want to do the things of you. I want to be of you. I want to, to just really be your shadow, really do the things that you've called me to. So I think a practical way to give you an example of like, okay, y'all keep saying pray to God that his will be done. But like, how does that work? I'll give you a a peek into my own life of how I've done that. I've been, you know, I bought that. I posted a picture on my Instagram talking about like the last year of my life and I bought a camera. Right. And I've been pursuing videography. I want to make, I want to make cool videos for Christ. Right. Also, this, you know, this idea, and this is a this is a a, a hot topic in itself. But Christian seeking spouses, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that could, could be a topic on its own. But <laughs> seeking spouses, what's after college? You know, all these things. There's anxieties, and then one day, I looked up and I was like, I this is I, where I'm at right now is exactly what I prayed for. I've been praying for months, Lord. I just want to. I just want to make content. I just want to do videography for you and what I do I'm making I'm doing a podcast we make videos like literally my my days right now in the summer I'm interning for a church doing videography for the church doing videography for us doing videography for um another you know what I'm saying it's like I'm right where I need to be I'm right where I pray for and all of a sudden you think you're praying for a spouse maybe but you're you're so consumed with praying for that spouse you're so consumed with praying for that job that you're no longer content in where you're at. And I've said this in a different mm. episode that you're, if you are so, that's idolatry, that's covetous is what that is. Yeah. You're undermining where God has you right now. Mm-hmm. And if you look at like your will be done, mm-hmm. be like the most joyful and content where you are right now. It's not, okay, let me pray God, your will be done and be like, but I want things. Yep. 
But like that's it, that seems so simple, but that's what we do. It's like we'll pray and then still like work, work, work. And even with the podcast, man, this is what we we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. How how undermining would it be to Jesus if we're constantly coveting after a million followers, constantly coveting after you know getting a thousand streams per episode instead of like this is what we prayed for. This is what like right now what we're doing is what we yes. what was the vision. Yeah, I don't know if that gives more practicality well, to and it. I, I like to say that there's also this, like this idea that, um, there's even things that when we pray for them, like here's an illustration. I, I will like be watching my favorite team or something, and I know that even if they win or even if they lose, that it's what changed so much from my time before Christ and my time with Christ that like, this isn't really going to change much. This isn't going to change much for me. And that really has, it's really been an overshadow overshadowing for me lately. And just seeing that you can, and I, I might've said this on a past episode, but you can actually, actually the answer, God's answers to prayers will, can even leave you empty anything except for God himself, you know, even the things that he does for you. If you try to find yourself in those things, if even the things that God answers for you is if that becomes your identity and not him and not what he, not his finished work on Calvary, if that, if what he's given you becomes your identity, then you've just made an idol out of something that God gave you instead of praising the one that gave it to you. Um, and that, that's just something that I've, I've seen a lot in a lot of people's lives and, that's kind of something that a lot of Christians can get into on a day-to-day basis because a lot of times our heart will be right. We want to do more things for Christ. We want to do this. We want to do that. We want, we want, we want. And, but that's really still not going to fulfill you. Uh, unfortunately, even if it's like, even if it's a holy thing, even if it's a holy thing. And I, you know, I've been doing a Bible study for, um, here for nine months. And I can say that, you know, you start out, and I'm so excited, but then you can say, oh, I want more people there. I want more people to show up. I want this. I want that. I want, and it's like. And then you get 30 people like, there and it's yes. just, but, it, but you feel empty. And and like, I, I, I'm thinking I want 14 people there. I want 16 and then 14 people show up, 16 people show up. And obviously it doesn't always happen like that. But even when it did, I would be like, wow, this really didn't change anything for me. Um, and that's where you want to be. Like, if this doesn't. It, you know, you have to see that that even the answers to his prayers don't change anything for you, but that should put you into a deeper thankfulness for Christ and how he's uh, honorable to, to even help you with things in your own life. I want to make a quick statement about all my Christian singles out there, right? I'm saying this because I watched in a sermon or saw some, heard someone say it, but Basically, you're praying for that wife, right? That's not a bad thing. You're praying for that husband, right? And if you're already in a relationship, you're already married, you know, whatever. This can apply to a lot of different things. But this time you have right here in your singleness, how you're going to be married when you get married, if that's in the Lord's plan for years. And you're going to be accountable for your wife one day if the Lord blesses you with kids. You're going to be accountable for a lot of people outside of yourself for years, but there's a short there's a short time span where you're in a relationship with only you and God. Mm-hmm. It's just you and God. And you look at Paul. Paul actually says that it's better to be single. Yep. Paul, Paul says that you have this, somehow have this 
connection with Christ um, when you're single that you can't have when you're in a relationship. It's not that it's bad. It's not that it's like be- better. It's, not, it's not that it's sinful because it actually says, Paul actually says, it's not a sin if you marry. If you burn with passion, you're not sinning. If mm. you get married and you know, you're not sinning. But there's a relationship that you can have when you're single that you, it's not obtainable when you're married. And it's, and when you really think about that, it's like, wow, like you, you can still pray. You can still seek after those things. It's a, it's a God honoring thing. Marriage is God mm. honoring, but truly like find joy yeah. in where you're at. Yeah. And that can be, that's applied yeah. to everything. Not yeah. just, and, and I can tell you that uh, it will be a dishonor to your significant other. Once you do get married, if you are looking to be fulfilled, in them once you do become married like if your fulfillment isn't already fully in christ then you're going to be trying to have a part of them that is like god to you so that they can help fulfill a need in your life and that's just idolatry that's unhealthy i heard it's a horrible expectation that i never want to have to be under if i get married and i would never expect my significant other to be in that position either i heard francis (laughs) say something he goes he comfortably said it out out in the front of a crowd I love my wife. I love God more than my wife. If that if that statement, um, kind of, oh, that just doesn't sound right. I mean, you probably put too much idolatry in in that person. You are supposed to love God more than your wife because your marriage, whether you knew this or not, you won't be married in heaven. You like you think about the most prized possession in the world. I would say it's family. You're if you're sacrificing one thing, if it's left or right, there's a train coming and it's a million dollars and it's family, dog family car family anything family you're jumping to the family you're, you're taking your family first family especially marriage marriage is probably the most i mean treasure on earth mm-hmm. you could ever have and jesus says when you get to heaven you're not even going to be thinking about that you're going to be thinking about me jesus so i don't know where was i going with that the point is when you're where was i going with that <laughs> the whole point is just that in your prayer, obviously, you know, you're talking about when you're praying for your wife, you're praying mm. for your future significant yeah. other to know that now in this time, God is supplying you with everything that you need to be fully fulfilled by him and not others, other things, not other people. It doesn't matter if it's your wa- it's your what you want your future spouse, if you want it to be uh, maybe someone that's being mean to you, if you think that 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 them stop being mean to you is going to somehow fix you and fulfill you or I mean it can just be anything if you ever think that that will fulfill you an answer to prayer you have it dead wrong I want to read James 4 um, James 4 verse 2 it says what our verse 1 what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you is it not this that your passions are at war within you you desire and you do not have so you murder you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have, because you do not ask. You ask, and you do not receive, because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Passions. What that is saying right there is why answers aren't, I mean, prayers aren't answered. Why there's quarrels. It says in verse 3, you ask and do not receive, because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Oh, God, I want that anything. Ferrari, money, I want that for yourself. You don't want it for the glory of God, hallowed be your name, as we said in the beginning. So that's what James, James says right there, and it's a perfect example of how we should pray mm-hmm. and why things aren't answered sometimes. So, Yeah. But uh, that's all I got, brother.
That's all I got too. All right, y'all. We appreciate y'all watching another episode of the Kingdom Vision Podcast. If you would um, share this with a friend, um, you know, spread the word. We're trying to grow, like Brayden said. Um, we we bash people who try to share their stuff sometimes, but it's all a joke. It's all love. Like word of mouth is how the gospel is presented, right? Labors are being sent. Yeah. Words of mouth. So. Um, If you would, shout us out, whatever, send to a friend. But we really appreciate y'all watching. Uh, We're actually trying to, uh, we're we're streaming on TikTok right now, uh, live streaming. We wanted to bring back the sports section. So if y'all want to watch live, watch live and start commenting sports debates. Me and Brayden, oh, y'all don't want to hear us talking about LeBron and MJ. You know, uh, our dads, oh, don't even want to get us started on that. So start commenting sports debates. We really want to do that. We know it's interesting. We know it's fun. So you got anything else? Oh, that'll be it. All right. God bless y'all.